This is High Dime Anxiety Podcast. Welcome to the space devoted to speaking your mind about the times, from what's relevant in the now and way back when. Join me with guests to expect a frequency like no other. Are you ready? Because I am. It's Jada Diamond. What is up, everybody? It's your girl, Diamond Monet here, back with another video. And I wanted to talk today about the man, Will Powers, who's going viral on TikTok regarding the incident where he is hard brushing a brand new newborn, beautiful black baby girl and asking the Internet, blatantly asking us, how can he treat his black baby's hair? How can he, what products to use on his black baby's hair? He continuously states over and over about his black baby. All right, so we're going to do like a little mini deep dive on transracial adoptions um, and private adoptions and how they're basically legal to have, even if you are convicted felons, okay? Uh, to say, among other things, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So, first of all, if this is your first time seeing my face or knowing of my existence, my name is Diamond Monet. On this channel, formerly a vlogging channel, I like to now commentate on all things cultural and current events that tickle my fancy and enough to make me want to go ahead and have dialogue about it. So, yeah, like I said, we're about to get ready to get into some things today. Um, first, of course, I actually want to start this video video off with the TikToks. Then I'm going to read a very, very interesting article from NPR, and then I'm going to give my final thoughts. All right. So if you like that type of content, if you're interested in those things, if you like my personality, the way that I look, the way that I talk, maybe you should consider subscribing to me down below. And I love having conversations about these types of topics in the comments. So definitely leave a comment. Full disclaimer, I do not care if you disagree with what I have to say, but we will do it amicably and like adults. That's all I ask. Your opinions are welcome and they're very valid. But we're going to be grown up about it. Okay. All right. That's all. Let's go ahead and watch the first video. The video in question. The video that got all of this mess um, started. I'm hoping to get this TikTok over to black TikTok. Any black parents. Um, we Look at how he is brushing her hair. Like I'm a mother. I'm a mother. All right, I have experience with babies, with newborns. That is a brand new baby girl. You do not brush her hair, any new baby's hair like that. First of all, their head is still pretty soft, especially at the top. Okay, especially at the top. That's a big no-no. I've adopted a black baby. Her name is Zoe, and I don't know what to do for her hair. Um, I have this little brush. I have something from Shea Moisture. Um, I really don't know what to use, so please, any uh, black parents or anyone who knows what to do with black children's hair, please help me in the comments. Thank you. Okay. First of all, it's just really sad, the culture that we are in today, that you have to blast the fact that you have basically bought a baby, because that's exactly what he did, because we're going to get into it. But it's the reiteration of my black baby, black hair, black parents, black TikTok. This baby is a prop. It's like buying a Yorkie for him, I feel like. That's exactly what it seems like to me. Like he has bought a dog and now he wants to show his brand new beautiful dog off to everybody. 
he wants to be a part of our community so bad he wanted to like buy the 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 best thing on the market to insert himself into the black community or the beautifulness that is blackness but i'm not feeling it i'm not feeling it so I want to go to the next video that was very informational uh, for me. And I'm so glad that I came across it. It is from the creator, Ward of the State. Shout out to you. Um, here it is here. Hey, Eyeshiners. So this video is going to be a recap of my investigation with Zoe and her adoptive fathers. I did get to speak to Will. Uh, he was the adoptive father who was brushing the hair. I spoke to him yesterday for about an hour on my live, and I did get confirmation of all of my questions that I had on my previous video that you guys just watched. So I'm going to go over those facts. Um, I'm also going to answer some of the questions of how did this all even happen? So let's start with the facts. The first fact that I, as an adoptee and an adoptee advocate, want to make very clear that this was a legal private adoption keep that in mind moving forward this was a legal private adoption yeah. it is very he also said that it's very unethical unethical but they did it the legal way and because there isn't much governmental oversight really no oversight with private adoption as long as you have the money you can get your product which are babies so let's start with the facts the first fact is will and his husband are both convicted felons that's just the fact of the matter i spoke to will about this yesterday but like i said in my previous video most people who struggle with addiction also this blew my mind they are what convicted what of of hold on that coincides with a laundry list of convictions and unfortunately between him and his husband there's over a hundred charges a hundred charges many of them felony charges not all convictions because i know convictions and charges are different but they both have been convicted with felonies in the state of texas now out of all of those y'all i mean i'm not here to say that because you are a convicted felon, you are undeserving of children, okay? There's a lot of convicted felons who have birthed children out of their own body, who have who have a, a real connection to their child, and they just make bad mistakes in their lives, but they are wonderful people. However, this man just said that they have uh, over 100 charges each, or combined, and they're both convicted felons of violent crimes and then you are seeking out a human a life to take care of how are you able to take care of a child when you are recovering addict for who who cares the amount of years it doesn't matter you're a recovering addict and you've been in jail you've been locked up you're a convicted felon why would that first of all I have so many qualms with all of this. And then you go for the black baby of all babies. Why don't you go and get your baby? Why don't you get a white baby and bring her into the circus? Why a black baby is my is my question here. Why a black baby? Convictions and charges. None of them were child abuse related. None of them were sex crime related. But if we're sticking to the facts, there were violent felonies on there. And there are also many drug felonies on there. To be clear, we're just dealing with the facts. The second fact of this case is both of the adoptive fathers are recovering addicts, but they are- Y'all, violent felonies and drug felonies. And y'all know how that addiction works with everything going on right now with the opioid crisis and white people. That's their drug of choice and how hard it is to stay off of something like that. You can't tell me that they don't have a bottle of pills sitting beside their bed. Come on now. Come on now, look at Nicki Minaj. Sis got to be on drugs. Okay, okay, let me let me stay, let me stay on target. Let me stay on track. 
both have at least 10 years under their belt, okay? Um, so that's just a fact. And we support people who struggle with addiction. Um, and we know that rehabilitation can happen. Um, but that's just the facts. Once again, we just cover the facts here. The third fact of the matter is where did the Zoe come from? And this is the most upsetting. Zoe's mother is a 23-year-old former foster youth who already has three prior children too. And so this is the connection that he has with this story. He's going to further explain that, okay, his the name of his TikTok is Ward of the State. So he was in the foster care system. And I do think that he was adopted as well. So if anyone is qualified to talk about something like this, it's him. When her, her care, one, uh, I believe is with a family member or a friend. I don't know if the third one got adopted out. I believe it's with a family member or a friend. Um, this is something we see from foster youth all the time. More than 75% of women who will grow up in foster care system will be pregnant by the age of 19. And this is a statistic that I talk about regularly. So for the people saying, well, she just gave up her baby. This was a foster youth who was also failed by the system. So they had a home study, they had a background check, but ultimately they got baby Zoe from a adoption attorney slash aka a baby broker and they had to pay for her now that's the segue that's a wonderful segue into this article that i want to uh read all right so this article is titled six words babies sorry six words black babies cost less to adopt this is from NPR.org and it is, um, yeah, it's by the NPR staff. There's no particular name and I will have it linked below if you want to listen to it being read to you or if you want to read it with your own eyes. I'm reading the entire article. NPR continues a series of conversations about the race card project where thousands of people have submitted their thoughts on race and cultural identity in six in six words. Every so often, NPR host special correspondent Michelle Norris will dip into those six word stories to explore issues surrounding race and cultural identity for Morning Edition. You can find hundreds of six word submissions and submit your own at www.theracecardproject.com. Americans adopt thousands of children each year and as the nation has become increasingly diverse and with the growth of international adoption in recent decades many of those children don't look like their adoptive parents many people to submit their six words to the race card project including the submission from a louisiana woman black babies cost less to adopt other contributors have also addressed the skin color based fee structure for many adoptions, including Karen Lance of Minneapolis. Her six words, navigating world as transracial adoption family. Lance and her husband, both white, are the adoptive parents of two African-American boys. The couple had struggled for years to conceive a child when they finally decided to turn to adoption. They will they were they were willing to adopt kids of another race, but they were concerned by what they discovered about the differentiation in costs. Blanche says she remembers a phone call with an adoption agency social worker and she was telling us about these different fee structures that they had based on the ethnic background of the child and they also had sort of a different track for adoptive parents moving through the process would be quicker if the family was open to adopting an African-American in quotation, not biracial child. The social worker explained to her, 
And that is because they have children of color waiting. Lance says adopting biracial, Latino, Asian, Caucasian children could be a slower process, she was told, because there were more parents waiting for them. And I remember hearing this and this just sort of being dumbfounded. And then just sort of being dumbfounded that they would sort of segregate to use a loaded term, segregate these children by ethnic background before they were even in this world. Lance says, that's when I started realizing that, okay, being a parent to a child of a different ethnic background, this is going to be some work. There's going to be a lot of work in our end, on our end in order to be successful parents and to get our child ready for this world. The Race Car Project spoke with social workers, adoption agencies, and adoptive parents about adoption costs based on ethnicity. We discovered that this is not widely talked about, but it is common. Norris tells NPR's David Green, no one is comfortable about this. Non-white children and black children in particular are harder to place in adoptive homes, Norris says. So the cost is adjusted to provide an incentive for families that might otherwise be locked out of adoption due to cost, as well as for families who really have to maybe have a little bit of prodding to think about adopting across racial lines or prodding. In other words, Norris explains, there are often altruistic reasons for the discrepancy, but people who work in adoption says there's one more reason, quite simply, it's supply and demand. Y'all, this article is insane. Let me tell you something. I'm, not, I'm done reading. Let's go down. We're going to go to the cost real quick. Um, and then I'm going to be done with this. Okay, so, all right, I'm going to go down to this part and then we're going to talk about my feelings. It says here, the cost to adopt a Caucasian child was approximately $35,000 plus some legal expenses versus when we got the first call about a little girl, a full African-American girl, it was about $18,000. Lance says the cost of adoption of a biracial child was between $24,000 and $26,000. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there and the article will be linked below. So I'm going to just I'm going to just I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to tell you all something. I've, I'm feeling some type of way right now. The same feelings that I was feeling um, when I was doing my research and when I came across this article, it's in like the back of my it's like at the at the back of the base of my face, like behind your eyes, maybe and like a little bit of a something chilling in my throat. Like it does definitely make me want to cry, want to get emotional that these babies are categorized and segregated like this and then they are sold to parents. So my question want is like who gets this money like who's arranging these things and who gets this money and why are things like this right now like it's like a baby market I didn't to be quite honest with you guys I actually had no idea that it costs to even adopt a child I thought about maybe legal fees just so you guys can secure the adoption and no one would try to come in and take the baby after changing their mind I thought about that and then paying for stuff like that and then I thought maybe I don't know I, that's probably the only thing I thought that you might have had to pay when you're about to adopt a child I never imagined for a second that you that the cost of getting a child privately I'm assuming this has to be privately cost this much money that is insane to me so that's not 
this this article was important for me to read because it gives you an idea around willpowers uh, and why he might have a black baby versus a white baby. Maybe having a white baby might have cost them too much. But honestly, him and his uh, husband, they strike me as the type to actually like the culture and wanted a black baby. So nonetheless, it doesn't matter. They are transracial adoptive parents and there's still a, a huge issue with that. Um, to be honest, like there was another video that I came across where um, the guy ward of the state was talking about how, you know, as soon as that baby was born, Will got the skin to skin contact and that causes trauma, maternal some type of maternal trauma as the baby girl grows up she's never even got to feel her mother like as a woman who has had a child when I birthed my baby it was the most beautiful experience of my life everybody in the room were in tears everybody was crying I was so overwhelmed I don't know if it was the medication or what but there was nobody in the room but me and her when she came out and she was crying 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 but I'm, I, I kid you not as soon as they put her on my chest she just hushed she fell silent she fell completely silent and I, that was her bonding with me that was her recognizing that oh my god this is the heartbeat of the woman whom I've been feeling on the inside where I was for nine months and now I'm on the outside and I'm back here again and I feel her and now I know that I am safe this baby girl did not Zoe she did not get to experience that instead she's on her gay adoptive dad's chest for a photo op this is a prop this is a prize this is a toy to him. You know, that's exactly what it seems and looks like to me. He paid top dollar for this baby. Actually, I'm sorry. He didn't pay top dollar because what did they say? Black babies are not top dollar. Black babies are the lowest of the low. Just like how they treat us in this world, we're the lowest of the low even before we're born. Even when our parents have a choice, we're still at the bottom. Even when our parents have a choice, we're the cheapest one. We're the cheapest toy on the aisle. We're the generic brand. Still? Like, still? This is baffling to me. And so not to mention her being born or, or never being able to meet her mom. She's going to be raised by two black, I mean, two white men. It would have been better if one of her dads was black at least, you know. So now she's going to have to experience um ha she's gonna have to cope with being different she's gonna have struggles to develop a positive racial ethnic identity and her ability to cope with discrimination and bias her dads are not gonna know how to treat her obviously he's not gonna know how to treat her because he has to go to the internet for um advice on how to comb her hair and how to take care of her hair so how can he possibly be able to create a loving, nurturing environment and teach her to understand that the reason why she's one way and they're another way is because of so many other reasons. That when, how is he able to teach her how to be black and he's white? How is he able to teach her to understand the biases that are going to be against her as she grows up if he's already treating her like a prop? that's my that's what I'm trying to make you guys or that's the understanding that I'm trying to to get from this like what is the what is the incentive for adopting a black baby versus adopting a baby of your own race I'm trying to understand 
this when you had a choice and an option why choose black and i'm going to i'm not going to watch the video but i i'm not going to react to the video here with you guys but i'm going to leave this video in the um in the description box for you to watch on your own it's a ted talk called the reality of transracial adoption the speaker is kim van brunt and to be quite honest with you she's a mother of two black kids as well that she adopted um and i'm still i'm against it i'm against it but she this is one of the most honest responses that i've seen in my research on what it is to be of white descent raising black people raising black children and and boys at that she has a boy and she has a girl but she was really honest about it it was six years ago but she's just very vocal about the fact that you know her eyes have been open to the fact that she was ha she had on a cape and she was the white savior she had to look at herself as a white savior coming in taking this baby who was a prince in his tribe you know when she got him she got him from africa there was nothing to save him from if you went over to africa to adopt him and bring him to america yeah you brought him to a colonized country that was built on the backs of people that look just like him only to oppress him as the country began to grow you're bringing him into something terrible in my opinion because he's already a super predator because of the color of his skin so she was so honest about that and i just was like wow her video brought tears to my eyes as well because finally someone voicing and speaking about it honest like this but yet you still chose to adopt the child and bring him to America. What are y'all doing? What are you doing? What is the point? To me, unless you're going to give us reparations, give us half of America, we want the good half, and continue to pay us while we're still living here on this part of earth where we were dragged away from our homeland on purpose unless you're gonna do all of that just leave us where the hell we're at that's my main thing just leave us where we are like and white guilt is real too yeah don't get me started on white guilt for anybody who wants the true definition of white guilt it is as such white guilt is a belief that white people bear a collective responsibility for the harm which has resulted from historical and current racist treatment of people belonging to other racial groups as for example in the context of the transatlantic slave trade european co colonialism and the genocide of indigenous peoples that's white guilt. And so sometimes you have to reference white guilt when it comes to white teachers, white people who choose to teach in urban communities only. I think that they suffer from white guilt and white people who decide to adopt black babies. There's, there has there has to be the only reason you think that you are coming in to save these children by by putting them in better communities that don't like them that don't care about them that are biased that are prejudiced that have this inferiority complex that are um um the word that i'm looking for um supremacists not everybody's gonna believe what you believe about this baby which you don't believe anything but you're creating a better life for them um based on the fact that you're white and they're black that's the only that's the only thing i'm sorry please somebody tell me in the comments that if i'm thinking wrong but the only reason why a white person would ever want a black child is either for a prop like will powers and also to think that you're giving them a better life than what they'll have with their own people which brings me to my last point and then i'm gonna wrap this up i feel in my heart just like um 
the guy whose TikTok we were just watching, uh, Water the State, that we should have a bill, some sort of act in place like the indigenous peoples. So you have this act called ICWA. It's called the Indian Child Welfare Act. It states, the purpose of the Indian Child Welfare Act, ICWA, is to protect the best interests of Indian children and to promote the stability and security of Indian tribes and families by the establishment of the minimal federal standard families by the establishment of minimal federal standards for the removal of Indian children and placement of such children in homes, which will reflect the unique values of Indian culture. ICWA provides guidance to states regarding the handling of child abuse and neglect and adoption cases involving Native children and sets minimum standards for the handling of these cases. Basically, you cannot take an Indian child, you cannot adopt a Native American Indian child and put, if you're not Native American Indian. I think it has to be like under some type of duress, distress, uh, some type of like emergency circumstance. You have to go through so many different loopholes in order to receive a Native American child. It's just not possible. It don't happen. It don't go like that. So I'm like, okay, if they got something in place like this, why can't black people have something in place like this? So it brings me to the idea that we are still being handled and owned by our oppressor. You're not really free until you're free. And you know what that means. If you don't know what that means, look it up. It's, it's a feeling that you have within yourself. You're not really free until you're free. Native Americans, as they should, they as they should with the reservations and everything else, they have more freedom here than we do, than black people do. And I'm not trying to create some sort of divide, but you have to, under, if you're not black, you don't understand. Black children should not be being adopted by white people. I just really feel that in my heart. Biracial is another subject because I date white men okay so that's a whole nother subject within itself and i think it deserves its own intersectionality or it deserves its own conversation that's just different love is love but when you have a choice and an option you should not be taking children away from their heritage a biracial child is born into a biracial family where you have either a white dad and a black mom or a black dad and a white mom and then you can have your culture mixed up and you can get understanding from both sides and honestly that'll be easier to express and explain if you adopt a biracial child also but it's harder when the children are maybe chinese asian descent or some other descent but I just think it's just more difficult and nuanced when you're talking about black children being brought up and raised by two white people. No connection to their heritage whatsoever. That's an issue. That's a problem. That honestly creates monsters. That creates insecurity, inferiority. It creates so many different things within a child that does not know themselves. Really, we have our own heritage and culture to offer. And I don't think we should be giving up willy-nilly, no matter what the price is, to a dual white household. Like, I just find so many issues with that. All right? And I think I've expressed enough tonight. <laughs> I've shared enough of how I feel. This is a hot mess. America, we need to get it together. We need to have some sort of discussion, some type of talk. Hopefully, I feel different after I read Cast by Isabel Wilkerson this month for February. Hopefully, I feel a little bit differently. But right now, my mindset is this. Shouldn't no white couple, they shouldn't be adopting no black baby. 
It just shouldn't go like that. We should have our own equal, just like the indigenous people in America. All right. So it's been real. It's been good. It's been fun. Thank you guys for letting me get on my soapbox and talk about the things that I feel passionate about in the moment. Don't forget to subscribe. You can share the video. Also, if you would like to leave a comment down below and let's get the discussion going. I'll see you guys in my next upload. Thank you so much for watching. Deuces.